Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning into my podcast. This is episode two of the Janelle B. Stewart podcast, and I am so happy to have you. So for this episode, I will be discussing fair fighting in marriage. And this is definitely a topic that I think I have enough experience in to be able to offer great information. I have actually been with my husband for 11 years And we've been married for six years. So we have had a good number of discussions. We've had a good number of arguments. And yes, we've had a good number of fights. So, you know, if you choose to be in a committed relationship, such as marriage, you must accept the fact that there will be disagreements. I think it's unrealistic to expect to always agree with your partner. I think it's also a little bit naive to feel as though something's wrong in your relationship. If you guys do have arguments, because arguments are just part of relationships. It's not even something that only you and your partner will have. We have arguments with our moms. We have arguments with our dads, our children, our friends, other family members. We have arguments with colleagues. And, you know, I mean, you're going to have arguments with people. Just It's just the nature of relationships. You're not always going to agree with someone else. So the thing with being in a marriage is you don't have the same luxury of just distancing yourself from this person in the same way that you would if you were having an argument or a disagreement with a friend or even with a relative. You can just decide, like, I'm not going to call her. You know, I'll leave her alone for a little bit. Or, you know, your brother gets on your nerves, your uncle gets on your nerves or something like that. You can just make the decision to just cut ties or limit the conversation or communication that you have with them. You also don't have to see these people on a day-to-day basis. But when you're in a marriage, the level of distance that you can have between you and your husband or you and your wife is different. You have to sleep in the same bed. You have to coexist in the same house. And if you have children or you guys are business partners, then of course there has to be a level of respect that you guys have for each other to not show your, you know, show your ass in front of your family or you know your children or your the people who you um, work with. So you know because you because you and your husband or you and your wife are not able to create the same level of separation that you can with other people. Sometimes there are your disagreements are going to escalate into fights. And when you and your partner get into a fight, your emotions go crazy and you can lose control. You know, when you're in a fight, your logic goes out the window. You lose all reasoning. You just really don't make the best decisions, especially as it comes becomes with communication especially as it relates to communication. You may even start cursing. And I don't generally curse in general at all, like not just with my husband. I don't curse at all. But you may be the person who does use curse words and you may not use those curse words with your partner. But then all of a sudden, you're cursing at your husband, talking about F you this and he's effing you back. You're calling each other all types of bitches. And, you know, it's just real nasty. 
And you could also have those extreme emotional reactions when it's like, I hate you. You ain't worth nothing. You know, and the your husband is like <laughs> going back at you, like, you know, saying other things. Or maybe you're like extreme on the emotional side where you're just like, you know, you don't love me. You never love me. You know, saying things like that. And that generally is, once again, when you're just like losing your emotion, you're losing your emotional control and you're not really able to think rationally. You're just so upset you're saying anything at that point. And of course, the worst side of a fight is verbal abuse, physical abuse, or you are just being physical with things like punching walls, throwing stuff down, kicking stuff. You know, if your fights get to the point where they're that, they're that bad, then you guys need to take a break. But essentially what I'm going to talk to you about today is how to have a fair fight in your relationship. So I read this book called The Everything Guide to a Happy Marriage. It is by Stephen Martin and Victoria Costello. And I actually purchased this book when I just got married back in 2010. I got married in July of 2010 and I got this book because I'm a I love to read. I'm a I'm a real nerd. I love to really understand things and as someone who was so excited to be married, I did not want to go into this whole marriage thing not prepared. And I think for me because I did not come from a household where my mom and my dad were married. In fact, I am the only child that my dad and my mom have together, but I have a I have five brothers and four sisters. So you can figure out that craziness right there. My dad was married to my wife. I lost my dad earlier this year in April. God rest his soul. I miss him so much. My dad was married and I did, my my dad and my stepmother didn't have the best, I would say the best relationship, but I did have some type of an example in my dad and my stepmother. But the only thing is I didn't really grow up with them. I lived with my mom and I would visit them on vacation. So I did see marriage in them, but I wasn't raised by my dad and my stepmom. So Live with my mom and she was a single mom and I didn't really have many, like I said, expo- I didn't have much exposure to what marriage was like, what a successful marriage was like, what a happy marriage was like. And so I got this book and I thought it would be great to you just have some insight on how to maintain a happy marriage. You know, I went to marriage counseling and all that, but now I'm in the thick of it and I wanted some guidance on what to do. So I'm actually going to just go through chapter five, which is called 10 Rules for of Fair Fighting. And this chapter has been really, really instrumental in my marriage. I go back to this book a lot when I'm having those moments when I'm just kind of like overwhelmed with being married to someone and not really sure uh, about how I feel. And a lot of the chapters ha- have supported me. And I'm not gonna go over all 10 rules of the fair fighting in this chapter, but I will definitely touch upon a few of them that I feel have been... Um, I have applied to my life the best. So rule number one is to keep it private. Now, I think for anyone who has any type of like, um, 
self-value, I think that might be the word I'm thinking about, that if you're fighting with someone in public, that is embarrassing. And there are lots of people, I know you see them, where they have no problem being loud and obnoxious in public. And that's just not me. That's not me. Fighting is embarrassing. It's not only embarrassing for you, but it's embarrassing for the people who are around you, who are watching you have this argument. And if you're married, it's, of course, one of you are going to be embarrassed, if not the one who's screaming and yelling, it's going to be the one who's being screamed and yelled at. And so I think that it's really important. And this is a really good, important uh, section in the book, because you have to remember that you need to keep it private. I understand that there are going to be times when you're in a situation and you just really want to deal with the issue at hand. It is not the appropriate time to have an altercation in public. Absolutely not. And some people are able to let it go and just kind of go on and act like they're perfectly fine and there's no issues. And then there's people who are not able to do that. In my marriage, I am able to let an argument go knowing that we're going to get to it later. So if my husband and I have a little tiffed and something happens and he he's not going to get loud, my husband's not a loud person. In fact, I'm the one who's loud and not him. So he'll say whatever he has to say. And I'm like, okay, we'll talk about it later, whatever. And I'm able to let it go. Meanwhile, he still has it on his heart. So he's not talking about it and we're not having an argument, but I can feel the coldness. Like it's a draft, y'all. It's a draft. I can feel the coldness. So I actually don't think that that's healthy. And the book doesn't really go into that at all. It doesn't talk about how to handle it. It just talks about, you know, not to have the fight in public. However, I also feel like it's very important that if you have a partner or if you are that partner who tends to just get cold after some type of in, you know in, incident that happened and they cannot get beyond it and in public, even though you're not arguing, it's visible to you and it's visible to everyone else that there's a problem. I think you have to have a further conversation at a later time where you tell your husband, listen, you know. I know that when we have these little discussions or arguments or whatever, and we're out, we agree that we're not going to do it in front of nobody. However, I notice that you always kind of shut down and you become detached and it's noticeable. And I think that that actually is even more highlighting the fact that we have an issue to everyone else. Um, And I don't like it. I think we should just try to be as normal as possible. I know you're upset or whatever, but we need to be as normal as possible. So this goes into kind of like rule number two, because rule number two is to schedule your arguments. Now, in my life, my husband is not the greatest communicator. And I know there's lots of discussions and stereotypes around men not being the most, you know, the best communicator. And in my relationship, my husband fits that stereotype. I am the great communicator. He is not. So if we're having a discussion, it's very, it it really does um, intimidate him a lot because I can think of questions and I have rebuttals and I have all of these general statements that I'll make just trying to figure out like what's really going on here. And his brain is like, what? Too many questions. I feel like I'm in being I'm under investigation. This is too much. Like I can't handle it. So if you're in a situation where you have a partner who just cannot handle 
in the moment, like we're upset now and we're trying to talk about it now, then you want to schedule your arguments. And I've had to do that with my husband. It's taken us time to obviously get to the place where we can say, uh, let's talk about it tomorrow. But definitely put a time on your on your argument if you're gonna if you're gonna schedule it because if you're going to say let's talk about it later, later may never come. And then both of you get over it because time heals everything, right? And then all of a sudden, the same issue turns back around. And because you never really resolved it, you actually are that much more emotional about it. So I suggest you talk about it. Talk about when. So can we talk about this tonight? You know, if we're in, if you're in an environment where you can't. Or can we talk about this tomorrow or Can we talk about this over the weekend? You know, whatever it is, giving both of you guys time to lose the, to, you, you basically want to diffuse it (laughs) and then you want to address it at another time. So that allows the other person, if they're like my husband, to prepare for the fact that they're going to have to deal with this type of like, you know, line of questioning. Maybe even if you already know what you're going to be talking about, they can kind of plan for the discussion and, I think ultimately the goal is to diffuse. If your emotions aren't blazing high, then you're able to have a more rational and logical conversation, uh, thus preventing the cursing and the abuse and, you know, the over dramatic phrases that we say to each other. So rule three and four is limit the topic and stay on topic. And in the book, They talk about how there are, sometimes you're having an argument and you're really not having an argument about what you're having the argument about. (laughs) You know what I mean? Y'all arguing about something, but it's not really what the face of the argument is. And then it also talks about, you know, bringing in a lot of things that have happened in the past. So basically what I interpret that as (laughs) is stop bringing up old stuff, (laughs) And you know, we're so good at that. We often will have a discussion about something right now and all of a sudden it goes from, you know, I'm upset because I go to the bathroom and I realize that the toilet paper is done and nobody told me the toilet paper was done. You clearly knew you finished the toilet paper, but you didn't tell me. So I'm upset about that. And then all of a sudden I start throwing in everything and you're always leaving your socks and your clothes everywhere and you never helped me unload the dishwasher. Now I'm just bringing in everything. I'm throwing everything at him. I've just been, literally, I've been, I'm I'm all over the place. I'm not even on the same topic anymore. Anymore. I'm just upset and I'm not really discussing, you know, what I'm really mad about because it isn't really just about the, the, the tissue paper or leaving the socks around or the dishwasher. I'm really just complaining now at this point because I need help. I need support. But I've not said I've needed help or needed support. I just expected it to happen because we're two consenting adults. We're in a marriage. We're here. We're, we're both capable of knowing what needs to be done. However, unfortunately, you have to ask people for what you want. And I've learned that in my marriage. I've learned that in my career. And I've learned that in general. Like if you want something, there's you should never expect that the other person is going to know exactly what you want, even when you feel like it is the most obvious thing in the world. So... Going on to rules number five, I'm not going to go into it, but I'll mention what it is. 
the rule talks about allowing timeouts and rule six says offer solutions with criticisms. And I'm actually going to read from the section in the page where it talks about offering solutions with with criticism. So this is the original criticism example in the book. It says, I can't believe you forgot to take out the trash again this morning. That's so irresponsible. And of course, when you hear that, you can you can just tell the tone is just like, you know, maybe he's been doing that a lot. And uh, the whole irresponsible thing, like name calling and degrading people, I'm just not for that. So the revised criticism with solution, which is in the book, is instead of saying what you just heard me read, it's to say, unfortunately, you didn't get the garbage can out in time this morning. I was thinking it might be easier to remember to take it out to the curb the night before. What do you think? And then your husband or wife responds, I'm sorry, I hit the snooze alarm and missed it. And then you go back and you say, should we do something to remind you the night before? And then he or she says, no, I'll handle it. So I like that because I've learned early on that offering solutions is so much better than than just giving the criticism. So when you when I want my husband to do something that he's either forgotten to do or uh, something that he hasn't gotten around to yet because he might have anticipated doing it a lot later and I was like expecting it to happen today, I will make those type of comments where I am uh, talking about the issue at hand and offering a solution. You know, I'll say something like, don't forget that we need to we need to do something. And then I will say, is it something that you can handle right now? Or do you want me to remind you? And then I'll see like what he says. Sometimes he'll say, yeah, I could do it now. Or he'll say, no, I can't do it now. When I say, do you want me to remind you? He'll say, yeah, or he'll say no. And if he does say no, because I know he might forget, I'll say, maybe maybe you should set up a reminder in your phone. It's all in the name of making him a better person, not trying to tear him down and make him feel like he's less than or, you know, like I'm above him or whatever. We're equal. We're in a relationship. I want him to be successful at whatever it is that he has to do. And I want him to be successful in our marriage. I want our marriage to be successful. So always offer you know, your criticism with some type of like suggestion or solution. So I'm going to actually skip rule seven, eight, and nine, but I will read them. Rule seven is never say you never or you always. So, you know, I'm not the best at that. I definitely do the you're all you always blah blah blah. So I have to work on that. Uh, rule number eight is to set off limit topics. Basically, what are some of the stuff you're not going to talk about? And then Rule number nine is don't save up anger. Pretty self-explanatory. Rule number 10 is the art of the apology. And I definitely want to chat chat about this really quickly before we end the podcast. I think that sometimes in a relationship, when you're used to being with someone all the time, you often want to prove yourself. You want to prove your point and you just want to be right. And unfortunately, in a marriage You know, I think that that is just really, really toxic for you to always want to be right. I personally don't want to be married to no loser. So I can't always win and he's always losing a discussion. It's also not very healthy because if that's the case, even when you're wrong, you're going to keep fighting and fighting and fighting to prove your point. Whereas I feel like your goal and your focus in your marriage should always be peace, 
You should always want that more than being right. So sometimes you just have to say, I'm sorry. And not that bullshit apology where you're like, I'm sorry if you felt like blah, blah. No, that's just the worst apology ever. Instead of that, you know, say you're sorry. Just say, I'm sorry. And no text message apologies neither. Seriously, go up to your wife, go up to your husband, look them right in the eye and say, I'm sorry. Give them a hug, give them a kiss, you know, and just listen to what they may say. They might say it's okay, or they might even say, I'm sorry too. And if they don't say, I'm sorry too, you don't have to force it out of them. You're not apologizing in order for them to reciprocate the apology. You're apologizing for whatever part of the argument you were involved in and you're not going to be 100% wrong even if you are only 5% wrong you're apologizing for your 5% of the wrong you're apologizing for your part in the argument so that's my take on fair fighting in a marriage you know I am not perfect my husband is not perfect I don't know anyone out there that is perfect however You can learn to be a better person. And I always want to be a better wife. I always want to be a better mom. I always want to be better at whatever, you know, I am doing. And so I wanted to share some of these rules that I've learned and I've practiced in fair fighting in my marriage so that you can also be successful in your marriage. And maybe you're not married yet. However, these rules do apply to lots of relationships, even if you're just dating someone. And maybe when you decide to get married, you'll remember this podcast and you will come back and you will listen to it. Now, if you do know anyone in your core circle, your squad, your family, who is married and you feel like they could benefit greatly from the fair fighting suggestions that I've given today, I want you to share this podcast with them. I also want you to do me two things. Please, 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 please subscribe to this podcast and also please do me a favor and review this episode just click on review and let me know what your take was on this episode and of course give me five stars I love you so much for that (laughs) if you have questions I definitely want to answer them so tweet me over on twitter at Janelle B Stewart using the hashtag ask Janelle and as always I love you for listening bye